1: Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this
0: podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, And we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and just learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different.
1: Also, we're a lot of fun, and we we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think
0: that you might too, so why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. (laughs) Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions, so make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right guys, so let's jump into the show.
2: Bye.
0: So in New York, the longer you live here, the smaller the city feels. And what I mean is that people generally move within similar circles based on careers or industries, and then those relationships begin to cross boundaries depending on neighborhoods, and you realize that friends know each other. And before you know it, especially because of social media, it sort of seems like everyone that you know knows each other. Today's guests, Kirsten Pinkett and Corey Mastriani, are co-founders of the conceptually driven design studio Dearest Creative. Kirsten and Corey didn't know it, but they are an integral thread within our podcast family. They've built branding campaigns for several of the entrepreneurs that we've had on our show, most notably and recently, We the People. They were responsible for their rebranding campaign. And we didn't talk about it on the show, but there is a literal three-story tall We the People billboard on Fifth Ave that was created by these two.
1: Yes. Badass. Badass bitches. So fucking dope. (laughs) So thus far in the show, we've shared the entrepreneurial journey of the people building these incredible brands. However, we would be remiss to overlook the fact that an incredible product is only as good as its branding. I mean, this is America, and there are a lot of products out there. How do you differentiate yourself from the pact? How do you tell the incredible story behind your product through the packaging, branding, your colors, the website, and the language used throughout everything that is seen by your end consumer, before they even try your product. That is the magic that Kirsten and Corey are responsible for at Dearest Creative. And it's important to talk about this aspect of creating a business in 2020, not only because visual storytelling is the key to success in today's society, but as they'll share, it is these visionaries that are largely responsible for diversity showing up, or as they'll share with us, not showing up, in all of the content marketing of the world. We are in the middle of the COVID cultural revolution. And in a time of cringeworthy corporate solidarity emails, we felt it necessary to show what true allyship looks like. If you look through their website or Instagram, there are very few words, and yet their visual story tells you that these women are here to reflect back to the world what they know it looks like. All of us.
0: So, here's our interview with the founders of Dearest Creative Design Studio, Kirsten and Corey. Enjoy. Enjoy, guys.
2: I am Kirsten Pinkett. I am co-founder
3: of Dearest Creative, alongside Corey. And I'm Corey Mastriani. I'm a co-founder of Dearest Creative. Uh, Kirsten and I have been partners for three years. Uh, with the agency, and before then, have collaborated on a bunch of different projects and worked
1: together in many different places. So it was a it was a perfect match. Awesome. And so, can you just tell us really quickly like, what Dearest Creative is? Yeah. So
2: Dearest Creative is a visually driven creative studio that focuses primarily on branding, graphic design, and art direction. So. A lot of times those terms can be a little confusing because they can be used in different areas. And so basically what those terms mean to us is, you know, branding is, you know, anything from building a brand from the ground up with the brand strategy, the whole visual approach, the logo, the whole visual identity alongside the language and the personality and tone. And the graphic design portion, this one's always hard to explain, but it's anything designed, you know, we do websites. Collateral, books, magazines, you know, what have you. We kind of cover a lot of bases when it comes to our design skills because we're both trained graphic designers. We went to school for graphic design. And our Direction in Gears World means, you know, kind of the general overarching vision creatively of a brand as well as content. So custom photo content, video content, even you know, repurposing brands' old content in times like this when photo shoots aren't possible. So a lot of the lines blur, but they are very specific. And those are the three primary areas that we
1: focus on you ladies do a lot yes
0: yeah I'm very impressed I really want to like (laughs)
1: even just with that alone I've so like there's so many different places that I want to go but I'm like all right girl focus we're gonna yeah (laughs) we'll come back to that so we're gonna rewind now that we know where you are currently and if you can tell us um where where did you grow up whomever wants to go first I yeah grew up outside Philly and moved to New York right
3: after I graduated like few days after and have been there for 10 years but my whole family and my husband's family are in Philly so it's close enough to you know luckily visit them often but we love our New York life and it's definitely something that we hold dearly and we're excited to kind of um see how the world shifts a bit and how we can kind of take back our life that was once the the Brooklyn Bushwick Ridgewood world. Totally and what about you Kristen? I am from Florida.
2: Uh, I was born and raised in South Florida, and um, I guess half raised there. And then when I was about ten, I moved to Jacksonville, which is Northeast Florida. And so I spent I spent my whole entire life in Florida before I moved to New York. And my mom's from New York. I watched a lot of Sex in the City. I don't know. It just was like that's where I'm going. So uh, totally. I saved. I loved growing growing up Florida, but I was like, get me out here <laughs> when it was time. So nice. Graduated, moved to New York. I guess I've only lived in two places now that I'm saying it so yeah <laughs> but there's a lot of Florida New Yorkers you know, you know I'm oh, really Yeah, I'm not alone there so
1: <laughs> um and then when you guys were kids what did you think that you wanted to be when you quote-unquote grew up
2: I wanted to be a lot <laughs> um the, thing I, the one I always go back to you know that I'm older is I really when I was younger really I was like obsessed with archaeology and I'm not even really sure I fully knew what it was when I was young I was like Just really into all that stuff. So that was kind of my pie-in-the-sky job. That's cute.
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: I was always very into art and, like, drawing and painting and making a mess and all that stuff. So,
1: yeah. (laughs) Cool. That's really cool. Especially seeing where you ended up, like, being interested in archaeology. I imagine, like, when you're a kid, you're kind of – it's interesting because I kind of thought the same thing. But at the time, I just thought, oh, like, old – I probably couldn't say old civilizations at the time, but just like mm-hmm. old societies and people and all of that. And it makes sense considering that's what you really do now is you tell the stories of people, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I, I love that. I mean, I guess, yeah, very intrinsically interested in history and people's stories and, you know, how, how they contribute to the world. And I guess it, it again. It's an honor to be doing that in some capacity.
1: Now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: And what about you, Corey? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I love that the the archaeology tie in right. makes, so much, makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I think I always really loved like art and creativity and music. Um, but I grew up with going to like a private Catholic school. And they didn't have art or music programs, which is, like, so wild in hindsight.
1: So we... Had no art or music programs at your high school? Is that typical in Catholic schools?
3: I'm not sure. But I just, like, I would beg my parents, you know, like, can I take a ceramics class? Or, like, can I do... Like, it was, like, such a fun thing. I mean, we had, like, art... I think there was, like, technically an art class. But it was, like, we just, like, watched movies. And it wasn't, like, art. Actual art. Um, (laughs) So they just didn't really do it. And for whatever reason that was the curriculum. So I think it was always this like really fun extra thing that I, I looked at as like, that's not even work. You know, I don't know. I don't have homework. It was like just always something really cool and exciting to me. And so being able, I mean, I literally going into college took one of those tests of like what you're interested in. And um, I remember talking to my advisor it was like, oh, you you know, you like creativity, you, you're you interested in business, but you're not really like math and finance brain, like but literal equation equaled like graphic designer. <laughs> and so I didn't, really, I didn't really know what it was. I was like, oh, I don't really know what that means. I didn't have like an art portfolio to submit to an art school because I didn't really have that background. And I'm not necessarily a fine artist. So I was like, how can I kind of maneuver my way into this world? I did like photography. So I was like, photography is kind of part of it. And yeah, it honestly just kind of worked out after talking to advisors and doing more research on different kind of niches within the art community and the art industry. So I think it's just, I knew that I wanted to do something creative, but I didn't know how exactly I fit into that world. And it just, yeah, really worked out. It was like the honestly perfect match. Do your parents, are your
1: parents creative at all? I mean, I guess like the arts, it's just such a part of our culture that like, you can't not, even if it's not taught in school, you can't avoid it, right? Like, it's it's all encompassing. But to have, I think, like, so much of creativity, like, really has to be nurtured. I mean, I guess it's, like, any talent, right? Like, you have to work at it, you have to nurture it, you have to explore those things to become very good at it. Like, where did that come from, do you think, I guess, is what the question I'm trying to ask you?
3: I wonder, yeah, I mean, I know my grandpa was, like, a painter, and my aunt was a painter, but I think more, I was more on, like, the music side. My family is, like, big into music, yeah. and we definitely, like, always explored that side of things, but in terms of, like, my parents actually, like, talking about art, it wasn't really ever a focus, so I'm not really sure how I got interested in it. I think it was, honestly, that, like, it wasn't available, so I wanted to know about it. Yeah, you know, totally. like it was Naughty kind of, like, Catholic little... school girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it, because it wasn't, you know, like, a part of my world, I was, like, that's what I want, you know? It was, like, that child, like, reverse psychology or something, but, yeah, it was always something that was just really fun to me like my first semester in college I was like photography can be a class like how (laughs) like that's just what I do for fun you know so it's like one of those
1: things yeah and then where did you each end up going to college I went to Penn State okay I went to Florida State University Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) yeah state gals yeah and then did you end up going straight into was it a graphic design program or did you take an art program or what did how did you end up fleshing that out or what did you study at college if not that
2: it's so interesting when we when we talk about this too because corey and it has very different experiences in college when it comes to graphic design she i'll let her speak to her level but definitely more intensive than mine like you know i was undeclared i didn't know i want psychology i had no idea what i wanted to do i was like i just want to be in college then i started doing the fine art classes because i've been studying fine art for a while and my free time was really fun i love drawing and i thought was like i want to be a famous drawer I don't, I, don't, I don't really know what that means <laughs> um, and I learned about what graphic design is in college, actually, yeah. and I was like, "Oh wow, this is interesting. This could be a thing." So um, my program was really small and had a lot of overflow with the fine art, with the fine art kids as well. And Florida State has a very good painting program, film program. So the graphic design was kind of like the the baby. I'm like, "Oh, I'll give it a go." Yeah. And it was it was really fun and just like very experimental. You know, it was a lot less methodical than i think a lot of these programs are mm-hmm. and i think that on some level i'm a little jealous i didn't have that experience like younger but i also am kind of a little grateful for a little more free-flowing it's kind of like you got to do this and you, you kind of got to be creative in your own way mm-hmm. and it was kind of how i learned and kind of taught myself what graphic design was and what it meant to me
1: as opposed to being very strictly taught it right so, it's interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Especially, I mean, you know, they kind of say it's easier to kind of like go through something if you don't know the rules, like you don't know that you're not supposed to do this or that you are supposed to do this. And oftentimes that's where like the most creativity comes from because you just didn't know any better. Right. Yeah. I knew no I knew no
2: rules, and honestly, in college, I probably wasn't, like, the most interested in the rules, yeah. but um, <laughs> I, it's so funny you say that because I still remember some projects that I did, and I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing, but that was really cool. Like, that was a really cool idea. Yeah. So it's definitely an experience I hold really dear, and I agree. It hits the nail on the head. So if you don't really know, then you kind of get to figure out what your rules are and why you break them. Totally.
1: Yeah, and what a time to do it also when you're in college and that's really what your job is is just to like learn and do different shit or what have you god so obsessed youth <laughs> is wasted on the young so seriously <laughs> no it so is like the th- I w- oh god I wish I wish what I, could what go back I, I would I do old. to go back <laughs> seriously right <laughs> like discipline that's and it's so like true. that's your only job is to I mean I went to design school so it's like girl for four years your only job was to like go and learn what like kerning was and like you couldn't make it yeah. there like or like whatever it is you know <laughs> I know and I remember it being
2: like uh like not like a drag like I didn't want to learn but it was like I thought that that was so much responsibility. Oh man, yeah, gosh, back I'm like that's like summer camp for four oh, years. So good.
1: <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh yeah, so oh, fun. Yeah. I don't know anything about penn state's graphic design program or did you go into graphic design directly into that program
3: no i actually i think i got in as like education
1: which is i don't even know secondary
3: education i think i thought for a second i would want to teach and then so then it was undecided and then i like went to my advisor and was like okay here are the things i like like where what is my path so that at that point i was a little behind um because it was like semester in so I had to catch up and do these like prerequisite classes because by the end of your sophomore year, you actually apply for the program, which is only two years long. So they only like Kirsten mentioned, it was like the a very crazy competitive route. Like I didn't even realize, you know, going to getting accepted at Penn State, deciding to go, even though it was like a big state school. I wanted to go to an art school, but I didn't have the experience. So when I finally you decide, okay, graphic design's my thing. I like, spent my whole half my freshman year and half of my whole sophomore year taking all of these like pre-design classes, they kind of called them. Mm. So you spend like half of your college career preparing to get into the program. Mm. And then if you don't get in, you don't get another try unless you like try again next year, which wow.
0: is crazy. Oh my it was gosh. like so at that point you were yeah. already like a little behind. Yes. Were you freaked out or were you kind of like it's gonna work out? <laughs> I just like had no idea.
3: Like I remember <laughs> we just like re- just we just worked like all the time. Like we had a studio space and it was really crazy. But they let in um like 15 people and or wow. maybe it was like 16 or 17. Like 300 time. applied. Totally. Yeah, Penn State Penn
1: State's a huge school.
3: Yeah. But it's like it's so funny because like going into it you would I mean and no one in New York is like oh Penn State design like it's right. not like it's you know <laughs> that exactly. person. Right. But they make it feel that way when you're there. You're totally. like oh, like if only I can get it. So, oh my gosh, the most stressful. Like when you submit your portfolio end of sophomore year, I just remember like hiding under my covers because they told us like, you're going to find out via email like between these hours on this day. And all of us were just like, oh, like what is going to happen? And then if you don't get in, you can kind of do this like mixed media direction. But they definitely made it feel like that's a failure right. <laughs> um, so oh my gosh so intense yes. and then yeah the program is like very wild I didn't know any graphic designers it was like a new career yeah. at that point which it, I mean in the past there have been many graphic designers and it has a much longer history but, with, but not like, in that not in the collaging way was, and yeah. yeah yeah like you could do more like posters and different things but yeah we had some crazy professors who were very like they don't like your work. They light it on fire in yeah. person, and like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, they scared the hell out of us. But I'm very grateful for them because they really built up our, our you know, our skin. Like it, you know, tried to have as thick of a skin. I remember being so upset if they didn't like something. Mm-hmm. But that's really what like you know prepares you for clients and just knowing like how to sell yourself. Like you might have you know. A half a half baked idea, but if you know how to like sell it in mm-hmm. and talk talk around it, then like that would get you you know an A. So it was kind of a psychological, <laughs> crazy intense program, but I'm so grateful for it and the fact that I got it. I mean, I have no idea how I did. I, looking back at my work, <laughs> I just <laughs> I must have like had one thing that they were like, okay, she seems like maybe she kind of has an idea, but. A lot of people were way more artsy and way more, like, you know, fine art and talented in terms of concepting and coming up with new ideas and, like, knew how to work a camera really well. And I just, I feel, like, so grateful that I got in because I feel like I was kind of the project. Totally. That- <laughs> Like, somehow got through. So, well, very, I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: It's so interesting that you say that because from what I've seen, you guys are very, very talented. But also the fact that it was 16. Oh, to get in 16 out of 300 people you said applied and only 16 got in. They obviously mm-hmm. – I kind of want to know what they saw also based on Me all the other things that you're saying. like <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I know. I mean, I would love to know. I mean, they obviously just – intelligent people recognize intelligence, right? So, that there you go. I mean, I'm sure that was – a number yeah. one, and everything else just came behind it.
3: I would say, like, I, my, the only thing I always think about is, like, I just tried really hard. And uh-huh. I think maybe, like, that, that was it. Like, I don't think I had, like, any kind of crazy stylistic, like, thing that stood out or, like, anything that was even developed yet. Cause I was, like, just had no idea. But I feel like, you know, if it was anything, it was just, like, I really tried. Right. <laughs> and they could see that it's, like, most improved. You yeah. know?
2: Well, well <laughs> as, as your business partner who was not there, I feel like what maybe they saw is that you have really good ideas. If you're like, if you feel like your skill sets weren't evolved at that stage, like
3: oh, you are, hey.
2: I'm not gonna like just lady gush over here, but very, very like innately conceptual. So maybe yes. that helps push it along.
3: Yeah, totally. Thanks. thanks.
1: Well, especially, <laughs> and I mean, not to like jump on board with that, but with graphic design, so much of it is is coming up with your own ideas, right? And so mm-hmm. somebody can sit down and replicate like a Monet, but that doesn't mean that there'll be a great graphic designer. Just because you have the technical skills doesn't mean that you have like the creativity to go with it. Like uh-huh, technical- yeah, technicalities can be taught. I mean, there's some things that are just like, you know, people are just gifted, but there's certain things also that can yeah. be taught. But like conceptualizing ideas, that's kind of, you know, I couldn't do it.
2: That's an interesting point, especially in the graphic design field. I mean, we see it. I mean, I think everyone's guilty of doing it at some point. You know, it's it's rep. Once you have the skill set, you know, replication is not hard. But you can very easily tell if something is replicated or if something is like has that the meat, like potatoes behind it. It's Mm -hmm. just like I feel like in our field, it's a very specific. a lot of articles as well with the internet and Instagram and everything it's hard to where how do you pull inspiration without without, you know someone's style and how do you make your own style but like the client really wants this but like we're not gonna totally copy that so it's it's a very uh topical you
1: know discussion I think also I love that you guys are learning about each other and bouncing off back and forth and being like actually as your partner we
2: miss miss each other It's we haven't this is the longest we've gone without seeing each other and like
1: 10 years. Wow. In person. Yeah, for sure. I know. I feel so lucky that like, as soon as she got back to town, within days, it was like, okay, get people can gather in groups of 10. I was like, girl, get over here. Yeah. I know. I'm jealous. (laughs) Um, Okay. So while you guys are in school, did you have an idea of what you would do outside of school?
3: Yeah, I would say I was just like New York dead set, like no discussion. I mean, even like dating a boy seriously and I was like I'm going there you can come if you want (laughs) it was just like that's that it's just a fact but I think I and I, I really listen to music so I just really I I interned at Spin Magazine when I was in school and just was like I need to work in this like creative music space as a designer like working on making album art or like doing posters and I just knew New York had that like energy and vibe that I was looking for especially like as
0: a young person,
1: so that was my that was my goal. Yeah, love it. New York, I always say it's either for you or it isn't. And they think if it's for you, and if it's really for you, I think we all have that story, that exact same story that you're telling. Is it's just mm-hmm. like you can't even explain it? You just know that's the place for you. No ifs, mm-hmm. ands, or buts. I'm getting there. I was the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, girl, exactly the same. I love that. Mm-hmm. Same, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, Same,
2: same story. Uh, yeah. And your
1: mom's a New Yorker, you said, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, my mom is born and. In- Queens, then grew up in Long Island, and back and forth from Florida, so I have some, some New York in my blood, but yeah, I was just, like, very drawn to it, I, I came to visit when I was, like, 12 or something, and was, you know, just very taken, and same, I was, like, I, I think I moved here two days after I graduated, I didn't have a job, I lived on my friend's couch, I waited tables until I, like, someone randomly took a chance on me, and then I, Bounced around to a few different jobs and so grateful for those opportunities too because I was very young, no experience. I have an internship, but to be honest, like I wasn't the most, probably wasn't the most like well rounded candidate at that stage. I still had a lot to learn. I was kind of used to doing things my own way, which was like a kind of mixed media <laughs> approach because um, that's kind of what I knew how to do. Yeah. Day. So I had a lot of learning to do. So I kind of feel like my first couple jobs were like extensions of school. Okay. Um,
1: yeah what were you looking for for those jobs did you have an idea of like I know that Corey you said like music like so at least you had some direction of what you thought that you wanted to do but did you have an idea of an industry or anything
2: I wanted to work in editorial desperately like desperately that Mm -hmm. was just like I just that was just where it was at and fashion um, editorial yeah I, I was open I mean music like anything like that but I was really into like the fashion editorial at that at that point and especially just moving to new york it's like everything is so new and exciting and exhilarating and that like Corey said that energy is just so it's one of the wonderful things about new york you just like everyone kind of supports each other without realizing it with this like vivacious energy and excitement helps keep everyone you know moving totally true turns out it's really hard to get into the editorial industry (laughs) (laughs) and my current business partner took a chance on me at vogue.com so i got i got an in and uh Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh wow. Wait.
2: No
3: way. That's how you guys met each other. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I also. I also want to note that separately in our lives, we both interviewed for the first time in a full suit.
2: Oh yeah. Uh,
0: I love it because
2: you and Corey interviewed me. I was wearing (laughs) a full and Taylor Loft suit at Vogue. <laughs> you look like you were like 50 years old. I think it was a mixture, but it was either 50 or like 12 year old playing dress. Up. Like, right. oh my I, I'm sure my hair was just like straightened very long and yes. I was like very excited. Yeah. And then I remember sitting in there waiting for like everyone to come out and interview me. And everyone just looked so chic, and I was like, "Oh fuck, what did I do?" <laughs> yeah. I I literally am blowing the only chance I have because I'm wearing a goddamn suit.
1: Um, same. Oh, yeah. this no, is so good. Same you too. No, the same. When I first when I graduated Parsons and I started going in interviews, I was like, "Okay, so do you go like cool girl or do you go professional?" No, right. No. And if you're poor, it's just like <laughs> anything is it's just not Vogue. Anything that you put on if no. you don't have any money it's just not. It just ain't it. <laughs> But the same I certainly went to Ann Taylor. I think maybe I had like I don't think it was an Ann Taylor full suit I think the I end like a Kenneth Cole. Yeah. You, which oh, is the yeah. same. What's the difference really? <laughs>
3: like, I think I think mine was the like I don't even know like
0: New York and Co or oh, something yes. Like something, that. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like from the mall.
3: Okay, <laughs> I've been
0: in the skincare industry since I'm 19. So I've never had to even think about wearing a suit to an interview because of the industry it's just not yeah, it would be so weird. Right. Even weirder than you and you and so you. It's also very. weird It's all yeah. Us. It's very weird. So
3: I <laughs> like so funny to me. My, I remember my mom saying like, "You have to wear a suit." Like that's what people do. Exactly. And I was yeah. like, I was going to an alternative like punk music magazine. This was for and spin? I wore a suit. Make sure you wear closed toe shoes. Also, a suit with closed. And toes I was feet. like, it has yes, to be done. This that, an interview. Yes. And everyone's in like cut off jeans, covered in tats, and I'm just like showing up with my ruffled shirt. Like totally. I don't even know. I don't even know. I but love even... is so
1: good. Like straight from <laughs> Pennsylvania.
3: Just oh. like so suburban. Yeah. Like, like sweet, <laughs> sweet girl. You yes. have no idea. Yes. So I do feel <laughs> oh, like I'm
1: that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that must have been what you saw in her, though. You were just like, oh my god, I this is was me. Always, like, I was that. So, yeah. Well, we've
3: said to this day,
2: we've had you know interns come in in suits, and we're like. Yes. It does work. Bravo. Bravo. We have a winner
0: in that category.
2: We we see you and don't be ashamed. You're going to love
0: this. Don't be ashamed. And by the way, you never have to wear a suit again. I love it. Oh, my God.
1: It could only be better if it was a tux. That's like literally the only way that that could be. But it's basically a tux. (laughs) This is so good. I honestly. Yes. All right, so we just like fast forwarded to 10. So now we're at Vogue. You said Vogue.com? Yeah. Ooh. What's the difference between Vogue.com and anything paper? Yeah, yeah Vogue.com mm. at
3: the time was kind of like the little the little sister mm. because um, it had just launched and they just uh, had migrated Style.com, which was the website for Vogue, mm. and created Vogue.com. So when I started, before I was at Vogue, I actually, I was at L'Oreal for a little bit, and then I went to the theater, did some more music stuff, and then was hired at Vogue. And then... He when I was there, actually, my boss from Spin hired me. So that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, he was there as the creative director and then hired me as a senior designer. And it was very much like the print, print was just right around the corner. We're on the same floor. But print was very much like the serious, very professional fashion. Whereas Vogue.com was a little bit more like, let's do a roundup of fun, you know, more quippy, like, Fashion styles of the week or whatever. Right. And I think it was we – were, they were just experimenting. I mean, we were there for the launch
1: of, like, social media, like, for they had an Instagram. That's what I was going to say. Is this, like, 2000 to 2008 territory? I know it's a big chunk. This well, would be 2012, actually,
3: a little later. Yeah, okay. 2011, 2012. Uh-huh. But believe it or not, like, Instagram, if they had one, it was, like, barely used. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And social wasn't really a thing. So it was like, totally. okay, we're just going to play around. Like, we were just, like – when we were there, I feel like it was all an experiment and mm-hmm. like the Wild Bob West, And uh, it was like a team of five of us who did everything. And oh, wow. we would do everything for the website, like banners, you know, um, posts, different like silhouettes, retouching of like images from parties. Um, runway, like Fashion Week is when we hired extra help. It's where Kirsten came on because you we were, you know, there was like a million shows a day. And then you have these crazy shifts where someone's covering a show at all times mm-hmm. around the clock mm-hmm. around the clock. So like, I think our, the shift that I had for a lot of it that like we would all kind of sh- like a uh, change up and kind of give each other different versions of it. But it was like 8 PM to 4 AM. What was it? It was like, yeah, there m. was like a 4 PM to like one. And then there was a later one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like little like 20 year olds in, you know, the Times square Condé building, like, in their office, we're like ordering a bunch of food. Oh my gosh, it was like a party. It was like yeah, we were having so like snacks. <laughs> it was like we were having a sleepover with our friends and like posting all these fashion images and just like hanging out. And yeah. uh, it was the best. And then like Conde was incredible with like all the perks. It was like all the food was free. All the Starbucks was free. Ooh. Like oh. your, your cabs, your cabs home were free. Yeah. So we were just like going <laughs> cool. out, totally. Um, but it was it was also like so much work. So we hired extra help, which is when I brought Kirsten in. And uh, then we we hired her full time shortly after. Desperate times. Yeah, we're there for like two years together. Just, yeah, and then it just just kept evolving. We got it more into video. Then I kind of started doing a little bit more like art direction. We would do a little bit of photo shoots or we would shoot behind the scenes for the print uh, covers. So it started kind of merging a little bit more and becoming a little more serious. Mm -hmm. And just covering a lot of kind of the stories that maybe weren't big enough for the print, but actually having like original content for the site. So it's pretty wild to think back on the evolution of like an editorial website and social and how it all
1: grew from a magazine Mm -hmm. that's been
3: around forever. Like we like saw that happen, which is Well, I mean, more than
1: seeing it, you guys kind of created it, it sounds like. Because it's like, I mean... Where do you go from Vogue, honestly? Right, it's like it doesn't get much oh my gosh. higher than that, and you guys yeah. are literally there, just like kind of creating social media as we know it now. It sounds like that's awesome. It's wild, like our yeah, our
3: friend who ran social is now like you know social guru. She's yeah. at uh, Farfetch in London, like running their whole social. Yeah, um, and it's just like it's just funny because everyone, every team member that was there is, like, an expert in their category now. and It was kind of, like, obviously Vogue is a huge contributor and, like, a beautiful resume line, but it it was, like, cool to see us. And we were all so young and just, like, figuring it out and
1: then have kind of, like, gone off in our direction. Yeah, well, I mean, two years of just playing around, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and also with, like, such an audience already that, like, you just, you really could see, like, okay, nobody likes this or, like, so many people like this. Whereas, like, you know, for Alex and I to do, like, A-B testing, it's, like... (laughs) Right, well, got two people over there, like one person yeah. over there. What does it really mean? But you, yeah, no, yeah, great. it's awesome. It's That's really cool. Um, yeah, cool. E- especially, especially because to somebody who isn't a graphic designer, social media is very like, how do you figure this out? Right. Because I think that we're probably the same age. It all came about after we were in college. So it's not like you could take a college class on like how to online market or like how to like market yourself on Instagram right. or whatever. Like, you, we were literally you guys created created how to do it. You figured it out. You guys figured it out. And, like, we're over here trying to catch up and be like, okay, so what do people do? Like, how do you do it? I don't know. I guess I'm just gushing because it's really incredible. I'm impressed.
0: Yeah. And you guys were so young. Yes.
3: Yeah. I'm, like, surprised they trusted us. (laughs) Looking back, I'm I'm like... I'm trying to think, like, how old are you? I was, like, 22 or something, 23. Yeah. Yeah, you were were super young. I feel like also the way that, like, Vogue was structured, too, is, like, even the people in charge were, like sure, you can play with the Instagram. Like, they yeah. didn't think it was anything important. So then all of a sudden, it's like, we're just tra- <laughs> we're trying to, you know, test things and see what works. And um, what was cool is, like, I remember even as a designer, like, we could pitch story ideas. Like, it was, like, yeah. such a small team that you'd be like, what have you seen this week that's cool? Like, wow. what's cool? Yeah. Or, like, what's in the arts world? Like, what's an exhibit that we should cover? Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, I do miss that aspect of it. Like, just you were so in the know of all cool things everything cool they're like oh yeah obviously I know this designer and like this new museum and it was very innate when you work in editorial and that's in music and in fashion it's like when I was in music like I knew every underground band that there was and went to a million shows like so that the editorial world is like so cool in that way and I hope it I hope it holds on to that through the digital ages
1: yes for sure um, oh God, I was just transported back to Aww. the, like, the early 2000s or just, like, being younger, young and cool in New York, mm. I guess, really. That's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> okay, so now you guys are at Vogue. You're building the internet, basically. And... <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Hardly. Take us down, I guess, like, the thought path of t- starting your own company. It sounds like that's kind of where we're at in your journey is, like, you guys are starting to t- consider starting your own thing. So can you take us sort of down that journey like what
0: what kicked it off how did yeah. you what made everything? you two so close with each other oh that's a great question
2: Too well I'm sure Corey and I both have like different different things to add to this but like even at Vogue we were like still so far away from that at that stage and it's kind of our story is pretty wild so like we worked there for two years and we just like bonded really quickly and ended up working really well together and she was like kind of the mentor I never had and it was just really fun and we just vibed super well it was a super intense environment and I was just like so thirsty and just so beyond like thrilled to be there like I felt like I needed to be pinched every day it was like just the coolest thing so well, Corey and I would be there alone so like <laughs> he's like way past everyone just like doing stuff and I was just like love me I want to help <laughs> and then we ended up just like working really well together and Long story short, I mean, we can go super in-depth, but, like, we, Corey basically so left and would bring me on to new jobs as she, as she continued, continued on her career path. And I just she, kept poaching her. Yeah, like, um, we come with me. at some point, and, and I was like, fuck this, we gotta come back, and then we came back. I worked at a very, very high-profile tech delivery company that started off only doing books. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it wasn't for me. So um, yeah, Corey had just been hired as like the head of creative of like starting a creative department within a PR firm, which is a pretty well-known PR firm, which is a pretty, at the time was very unique and uh, pretty uh, forward thinking. You know, a lot of PR firms, you know, they they have their creative partners they work with and they pair their talent with and their brands with and the whole idea was let's just do that in-house. So she... Spearheaded it, brought me on, and we kind of built a mini business without knowing. We mm-hmm. just we just, like, figured it out, and after working there for a while, we were like, "We did this. We can do it again." But we can also like DIY it next time and make it like very applicable to us, and work with brands and people that truly inspire us and just really give us life. And I think that that mm-hmm. was kind of the, not the tipping point, but kind of where things started shifting towards can we do this we can't do this know, yeah, right. one day one day and then there are just a few situations where we're just like if we don't do this now we're never gonna do it so let's just do it and we didn't know mm-hmm. how to do before we're not gonna know everything now we definitely won't know everything forever but it was like uh just felt like a bright time to make mm-hmm.
3: yeah it was definitely a leap I would say like we didn't <laughs> okay. think we didn't think leap. about it <laughs> Yeah. Like, I feel like we didn't think about it that much. We were like, this is a good idea. We should do this. And we it was did. Like within like three like three days. We were like, well, one of us said it. Yeah. And then like three days later,
2: we're like, well, so we're doing it, right? And then we like <sighs> got into pain. And then we're like, so we'll just
3: have it. And then we just kind of kept doing it. Yes. Like, okay. So we got to quit yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was awesome. And like, yeah, even like Krista mentioned, even before that, um, PR Agency, we were at both at Aaron Lauder. And, like, gained a ton of experience there. Working with Aaron Estee's granddaughter, who had her own, like, lifestyle company. So, oh she, we were, like, h- hand in hand, hand with her. Did um, I. Yeah, she's wonderful. And it was just, like, a lot of the small teams where it's, like, you just have to figure it out. They've have have that figure-it-out mentality. Mm-hmm. And especially then when we moved on, like I said, I, I kept, like, moving. And we had to take different jobs and then come back together. But the at the PR firm, it was, like, all of a sudden I was in charge of budget and like excel documents and figuring out how to like bring in influencers and pay them for you know video shoots and commercials and so i feel like all of a sudden it was like once i was exposed to that world and kirsten and i would really tag team everything i was like okay so we can learn other things like we could figure this out you know so i think or i'm just really grateful for that experience um in particular because it really pushed us out of our comfort zone and even though at the time it was like i remember my first day they gave me a budget spreadsheet <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. I am like so far from a math brain in mm-hmm. every element, but because it was my job, I had to do, do it. And then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden it was like, okay, if you really think about this and you Google it, you could figure <laughs> it out. And so like Kirsten said, we, it was for these ginormous corporate beast clients that had crazy budgets and uh-huh. like so much money to just throw around and play with. And it was really fun because we got to ideate around like experiential and all things PR, so it would be, like, activations with, you know, at Coachella, and, like, coming up with pop-up booths, and, like, fun partnerships, and all this, like, it's a different type of thinking, yeah. so it was, like, graphic design, and photography, and art direction, but, like, through this other lens, which I also think, like, makes Dearest really unique, in just the way that we try to think holistically, and, like, from a 360 perspective, as opposed to, like, here's your design that will be posted on Instagram, it's, like, okay, but who's that going to reach, and, like, Will there be an event or will there be like a, you know, a follow-up creative mailer that someone will get in the, you know, as a present and like try to get it, get it it to be like more of a larger picture, I guess. Totally experiential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like very millennial of you.
1: (laughs) I know. Well,
3: that's the thing is like, no one was taught this. So we're like, what's experiential? Yeah. What's an activation? (laughs) Yeah. Like all these things I'm like, oh, okay. So influencers make like a lot of money, you know, like all these things. And I think it's it is just funny because there wasn't there wasn't a class you know there was no like explanation it was just okay this is what the new world is and this is what creative creative supported by all
1: these things yes so yeah just really different really cool wow it's very very impressive I mean because I love it it's so much so using so many different parts of your brain and thinking well I, I forgot who said it before the first time where it was just
0: like well I can figure this out it's, but that's kind, like a big deal totally <laughs> And it's, it's to just, be confident enough that you're like. I know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean,
2: I, I will say personally, like, I I think mul- I have a difficult time like multitasking. And it's just like, people that can like, fully multitask like that. I'm just so, so enamored by because I just feel like you have seven brains as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. So I think like, there it was, a, as Corey said, it was very challenging in terms of like, all of these jobs that we had, although they're like large, big name brands, like, the departments and positions we were kind of put in were like, in my opinion, kind of like a grassroots approach. It's like, we've never done this before. What is your take on it? Like, this is interesting. You want to be the head of it? Great. Hire your right hand man. So we kind of just naturally fell into this. I don't like the term fake it till you make it. I think it's, I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Um, it's more just like figure it out. And then if you can't figure it out, then like, be honest, like you try. It's like yeah. some things you just won't be able to figure out. But there's a lot. You'd be so surprised. There's a lot of stuff you can figure out by googling. Everything. I,
0: you mean like Elizabeth figuring out all of this? Like how to record. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so cool. People should hire experts in their fields because they're the best. So like, but you can still learn loosely and kind of teach yourself. Oh my the, gosh! The yeah.
1: Basics. Mm-hmm. So that was like a fun 100% I think in today's world it's 100% necessary and yeah. that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you guys because everybody talks about like building your own brand you're like I'm a brand this is my brand but like mm-hmm. what does that actually mean if you have no background in marketing advertising whatever like what does that really mean yeah. and it's like there's so yeah. like listen to all of the things that go into producing anything like all the things that you guys just talked about it's insane and but what you see is just like the Forbes cover or whatever it is like the the end result and there's so much more that goes into it Um, and so many things you guys have to learn on your own. But back to your
2: point when I was talking about school it's almost like if you don't know the rules then maybe it'll be better but I feel like when we even branded ourselves like we've done branding before but not at that stage and you know it's Mm -hmm. like we didn't still even owning like running a company it's kind of like the Wild West in a little bit where there's a lot of stuff we know really well but there's a lot of stuff we don't know really well and Corey and I have talked a lot before about, it. you know, we are grateful that we don't have in our pretty broad, you know, career path. like how many jobs we've had and like what we've been exposed to and stuff. Like we've never really worked at like a proper design house, like graphic design, creative house agency that like really focuses on that. So in the beginning, it was like at this point I was like very insecure. I'm like, whoa, I don't really know. Like never really done that before like i I don't know and it's like well why don't we just do what makes sense to us and see if that works for us so it's almost like a fun way to learn how to do it ourselves without being taught and guided by a preconceived someone else's
0: preconceived Mm yeah Mm -hmm. elizabeth always says this thing especially lately because we've had to kind of evolve and adapt to our new world right now but about how there are so many things that she's done where she's like if I knew how hard it was going to be I probably wouldn't have done it mm-hmm. so it's like the same as what you're saying of like totally 100 yeah. yeah it works in your favor yeah man when you start breaking it down <laughs> I said this literally yesterday I was like I would have figured something else out if
1: I knew how much I would have to learn to podcast I would have been like oh my I going a blog it'll be fine <laughs> No, it's so cool
2: though. It's it so cool. Is.
1: And I'm, I'm happier for it, but it's exactly what you're saying. There's just, it's too much for the mind to even like grasp yeah. at first. It's almost anyway. like you get discouraged before you would have the opportunity to explore. Yes,
2: sport.
1: totally. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that only 0.1%. <laughs> of uh, design agencies are owned by women
2: wow. in the world yeah
1: that was like a, a Forbes article 0.1% I couldn't believe it I can believe it but uh, I mean, like I wow. not can, believe it but like wow yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh that's, I had
3: no idea right? it was that loud. so yeah, now you guys really feel real wild. cool
1: right it, so it feels a, <laughs> a
3: little shockingly low well. <laughs> yeah
2: right
1: wow. well but well, that was going to be my other question and this is a really stupid question because it's insinuating that people on their own don't have have enough self-confidence to do this on their own. But knowing that only 0.1% of design uh, firms are female-led and owned, what gave you guys the confidence to say, well, fuck it, let's just do it, and let's just give it a try? Wow. Uh, well, so, so maybe maybe,
3: maybe if we knew that beforehand, it would have scared the show of us. <laughs> um, but uh, I honestly feel like we didn't even consider that as an option. It was just like, this is what we're meant to do, mm-hmm. so we're going to do it. I think, again, if we knew more about the statistics and we had more, like, knowledge about what it is to be a small business owner, entrepreneur, maybe we would've, it would have scared us a little more. Mm-hmm. I think we were just like, we're going to go freelance, but together, and that means mm-hmm. a company. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, so we have an agency now. That's, okay, cool. You know, yes. like, we'll hire help when we need it, and that's a company. Yeah. Uh, but, like, honestly, if we really knew... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know maybe it would have been different if we really like had an idea of how how tough it is um but like we said before it was just in our bones yeah that that was meant to be mm-hmm. it's so wild thinking
2: look like thinking back because it's only you know three and a half years ago when these conversations started and it feels so much longer and it feels like I was such a different person then but I almost feel like it's kind of like a silly not sense of entitlement but like almost like you're too young or, like, not aware enough to know, like, what goes into this, so you're the, maybe a little overly confident, yes. I would say for myself personally, totally. I'm like, we're great designers, we can do this, and then it's, like, day one, I'm like, what is a proposal, what, what, <laughs> yes. like, you mean I have to, like, write all that, what, there's no account, oh, I, oh I'm the account person, so it's like, <laughs> it's is funny where it's, you know, it's, again, you, you don't really know, but you're really grateful that you got in that position to learn, so mm-hmm. I think it's just constance in different levels but also yeah. also just a, a desire to run your own thing i think
1: too mm-hmm. i love that phrase that you said we're going to go freelance together i guess that means that we're a company Because <laughs> sometimes it's like break it like make it that easy for yourself right like yeah. make it yeah. so like just don't even give yourself any pressure at all it just is mm-hmm. what it is turns out it's a company so <laughs> yeah turns out that other thing doesn't exist we're actually a company so you guys um and tell me if I'm wrong, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems that you guys uh, really focus niche in on working with marginalized groups, i.e. women, women of color, um, the LGBTQ plus communities. To me, it's obvious that it was, um, you did it purposefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> but can you just kind of speak a little bit more about, I guess, that purpose, if it is like purposefully driven mm-hmm. or if you would call yourself like socially driven or whatever, however you would describe yourselves and... Just take us a little bit on, I guess, on that part of your business because it's one of the things that I think is really, really cool and really unique. I don't know tons about your industry, obviously, but it definitely stood out to me when I was like, I hear these two women that work seemingly exclusively with women and with all these incredible communities that need incredible Mm -hmm. people behind them. So it takes a special person to make that decision. So tell us about it. Thank
2: you so much for saying that. Yeah. Thank think, you. Yeah. This is a
1: yeah, very, I mean,
2: uh, dynamic, lovely question that we it love is. like delving into. So it's really nice to just hear that you kind of got that feeling
3: instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool that it's apparent, I think, because it's something that is really important to us. And that that spans to like disabled you know, disabled um, people with a home care service that we work with and low income people across the world with the nonprofit we work with. And, you know, obviously like female owned um, people of color, definitely LGBTQ. And um, I think it's just all about, you know, where we came from and the very corporate side of things really just felt so one-sided. And part of our ethos going into Dearest was that inclusivity of like, everyone should have a place in design and marketing and advertising and like see themselves in ads where, you know, I think it's, and as time goes on, you know, things are definitely improving, but even like stock photography websites are just like shocking when you're trying to pull imagery for, you know, inspiration. And there's just, there's been so like leaps and bounds, you know, since we've started of um, just, you know, the fact that historically the photography field very male dominant. Uh-huh. So, you know, we make a point, to really hire like female photographers when we can we still work with a lot of great great guys um but I think having all female teams just has this like sense of empowerment like wow like all of us women together we made this amazing thing and we're so mm-hmm. proud of it and I think it's just like we kind of like to say it's like a muscle we we have to practice like we, we need to exercise um and just be really aware of all the decisions we make and mm-hmm. that it's impactful even in our small little world in our small agency it's important. And it's really cool when it's seen. And when people comment on it, or say, you know, wow, I've never seen an ad like this, or I've never seen a campaign like this. um, It just like warms our heart, because it really was the whole point of starting Dearest was to work on things that, you know, were staged to us. So we try to really stick to our guns and do what feels right in our gut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: I love that. It's so interesting, because it really is, kind of a a foundational element that brought dearest to life and we we don't touch upon it as much maybe in our in our language or presence like there's some here and there you know but we like to let our work kind of speak for itself. But yes,
1: which I love too because otherwise, yeah. especially these days, which it's like I'm very happy that people are coming out and saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, we stand with mm-hmm. anti-racism, all of that, but there's parts of it that's very patronizing and it's like, okay, yeah. you don't need to just come out and throw out all your black people to the forward. So like words can just be words, whereas like you guys, you your work shows for itself, like it. I didn't take that from anywhere on your website. It's just like literally what I see. And that's why I wanted to talk Thank to you. Thank
2: you. That is upsetting to hear that, that, that that's kind of how things are right now and how have been and, you know, it's, it's ever evolving. And, you know, it, it's kind of that performative element that, you know, it's, kind, it's tricky to navigate who's doing things for the right reasons. And I think, you know, that that's a whole different story and a whole different path to go down. But I think for us, too, like we realized that, you know, fundamentally, as human beings, we believe in inclusivity, diversity, representing everyone. It's just like who we are. But also, we have a responsibility to uphold that with this platform. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of maybe there was another undertaking that was like a beautiful realization was like, wow, like, we're telling stories, and we get to tell them the way that we believe they need to be told. Everyone has an opinion. But like, this is how deers tell stories, and mm-hmm. you like it or you don't. And yeah. I think that it's just been really, um, really rewarding, and we're so honored to like just have the opportunity to collaborate with such an amazing mm-hmm. community of of individuals. Like, we take this ideology into account when we are hiring people, you know, interns, potential freelancers, photographers. You want to talk to clients? Like, it's very, it's very part of our world, and it's just uh, we're we feel very grateful as well to just have the have the opportunity to. Meet such wonderful, mm. interesting people and learn. Everyone has things to share, and there are many, many sadly marginalized groups that it's their turn to share. You know, a lot more yeah. than others, and that's something that we deserve. Try and keep at
1: the forefront.
0: And as Corey said, keep flexing the muscle. Like it's mm-hmm. very, yeah, uh, it's a forever. It's a forever thing. You guys, it's, it's just like, you're like everything we love. Exactly. It's just oh like everything God. that you
1: want, like anybody to ever say. And it's just like, oh, because I mean, it's, we live in the same community, right? We're all a part of, yeah. we've met somebody else today that we're just like, oh, she's one of us. It's like, of course she's one of us. And yeah, it's just, oh, it's nice so to, um, special when it's
2: like
1: the one of us. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's like, it's also something I'm
3: so grateful for to like even be exposed to like women like you, you know, and yeah. just like be able to have like, these conversations, you know, being in New York, being females in a, you know, supportive community. It's an amazing way to just connect and
1: like really share our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, well, something I'm thinking a lot about for obvious reasons is allyship and just how I've been watching a lot of documentaries about the past civil rights movement and just kind of taking notes and seeing similarities. And this one thing that is constant is allyship. It's just like you can't do it on your own, regardless, not even necessarily the black civil rights movement, any civil rights movement. You need yeah. allies. You need somebody outside of your own group that's saying, like, I see you. I'll tell my people also that you deserve, you know, to be treated like a human. <laughs> so I didn't think about um, the people that are putting the images out there. Like the people like yourselves who are creating stock, like stock photography, something that i would never have even thought about but is you're absolutely right you just need it like maybe somebody will see it but it's not necessarily like you guys creating it but you just know that like within this world somebody's going to be looking for this picture and they deserve to see themselves and that's really awesome
2: 100 percent. and to Corey's point with the stock photography it was a very very bizarre experience for us in this project we're working on and we're just like this is so incorrect. Like, this is just not right. This is not right. And, like, no one's doing anything about it. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe in tandem. So with us, maybe a, a lot of people are having
1: the same <laughs> <So> realization
2: <odd. laughs> at the same time. But, like, it's just, like, we have to just move forward. And with those realizations comes the, the energy and responsibility and just, like, personal dedication to doing what you can to contribute to changing that. Mm-hmm.
3: Stock photography's <laughs> always been this weird world where it's, like, unless you're in it, you're not you don't really like realize it's a thing that's used so much across all marketing totally but i even just as a woman it's like you know a woman like a mother it's like so stereotypical, stereotypical. Like, it's, uh-huh. it's like a, a woman in high heels vacuuming right. like, <laughs> it's
0: like mom she's
2: yeah. disheveled and she has two babies and what like, I, and think like, I think of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
3: mom in the soup in the
2: yeah
1: totally yeah it's
3: coming full circle <laughs> um, but there there are so many weird things where we're like this is like seriously messed up like what's put out there and what's what most companies who don't have the funds or like you know budget to like do their own marketing and like do their own photo shoots they're like okay this is what a mother looks like download put Mm -hmm. it out it was like this like crazy reoccurring thing that really just blew our minds and um there's a company I was just trying to google it that's awesome called tonal uh t-o-n-l.co that's one of the one diverse um stock photography Sites that just recently popped up and it's like, oh my gosh, finally, Mm -hmm. Like, how has this not existed until 2020? Like, it's crazy. So it's nice, you know, that that's out there and that also, you know, we're able to make a lot of original content. But it was definitely one of these, like, the wild, very stereotypical, strange things within our industry that really bothered us and mm-hmm. kind of tried to like go the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah and
2: just like, just to expand on that for quickly. It's like, this is not to be heating on stock photography or like people, clients and brands that use stock photography. It's a very cost effective method for like, if you don't have the budget or I don't know, during a pandemic when you can't do a shoot, like there's, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. resource. It just, to us seems like it was doing a disservice to the brands and people and individuals that are utilizing those services because they're not being provided with the proper array of imagery to choose from, mm-hmm. and it just then it's like a subtle perpetuation, totally that are like seem small, but you know, in our world, it's, there's so many of them. So yeah, it's, uh, just always at the forefront.
1: Yeah, I really hope,
2: like tonal. I think that they're going to pop up more and more, and I just really hope that it continues because it's just so
0: important. Mm-hmm. To totally, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm happy we're having this conversation. I know people need
1: to know totally about these things. Visibility is so important. Seeing yourself reflected in society is so important on so many different levels. And God, you guys are fucking doing it. So thank you. We're (laughs) passionate
2: about it, but it's definitely it it takes it takes the village, and I think that everyone just needs to.
1: to do their part right (laughs) yeah okay so in this current civil rights movement that we're in right now um you guys as we just discussed work primarily with a lot of marginalized groups how do you think that your industry will respond to what's going on now and what you guys have been working diligently and purposefully doing what you've
0: already been doing i'm sure other companies are going to be like oh shoot oh shoot how do we catch up yeah Hmm. how do we do this correctly
2: and i will also say like we still have leaps and bounds to go. Like we're just saying like, it's never enough. Like we're just, you know, we're, we're excited to discuss what we are doing to contribute, but we wholeheartedly believe that there is no, like we, we reached that point. So it's like, we're proud and diligent, but we also recognize the fact that there's still a lot, a lot, a lot to be done Mm -hmm. in the industry and with ourselves. Like I said, like constantly learning and it's just, you have to have an open mind and, and just continue like moving forward. So um, in terms of the industry, that's a really good question. I'm not really sure. I think there's gonna be some very interesting mini movements happening. And I just hope that they're for the right reasons mm-hmm. and not not to be like cynical or anything. I just, I think especially with having a performative and just unfortunately with Instagram and all these amazing digital outlets, trends evolve, it's just natural. So I think that I don't know what's gonna happen. I just hope that however things move forward that it's for the right reasons and in the right direction mm-hmm. I don't
1: know if yeah, I know. more big but does that make sense no that was very a very diplomatic answer
2: <laughs> I don't know like because I would hate for such an important part of this movement this forever movement it's a very integral time right now I just would hate for the visual a visually driven industry to I don't
1: know you hope people are still authentic or are at least attempting yeah authenticity. yeah and like yeah, the, the, think the think.
2: representation is is authentic and intentional and mm-hmm. just
3: real, uh-huh. yeah. 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 I think like, yeah, on the, at the very least, I think on the like positive end of things, people at least have a little bit more of like their hand on the pulse yeah. of what's important. And like at mm-hmm. the very least, if they move forward with it or if they don't, it's like, just the awareness, I think is really important. And, um, you know, I think that can only help that everyone's aware like Mm -hmm. it it can only go up from here but I do think that there's so much more to learn and so much more to listen to and we're being you know trying so hard listening to so many talks and reading more books and trying to you know for example like about to give birth to my first child like you know I would listen to this mom podcast about like having the race conversation with your children which was never had with me Mm there's never even a thing to discuss you know like how to just make it this like obvious seamless human thing yes. It's not a discussion it's just life and people and love and you know collaboration in the world and I think like there's something that it's cool to me that there's all these resources now you know uh-huh. and it's a shame that it's taken this long of course but I think it's it's really helpful how much everyone's sharing and listening and just trying to you know be better uh-huh. and, and understand you know all different worlds and how we're all the same, you know, different totally. but the same. And
1: totally. I think
3: we're all just gonna continue to learn and evolve together.
1: Yes, absolutely. My hope. Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, I, I will say that I think that the
2: genuine interest in education, you know, is just so wonderful to see. And mm-hmm. I am one of those consumers. I'm a white woman and I, I have so much to learn. I am so grateful to have these resources popping up in in my feed. Like I said, it's really wonderful. And, you know, people I follow, people I admire, people I I talk to, like I'm constantly getting references or I'm referencing something. And and it's really, it's really special in that way because I think it is, it's sharing the knowledge. You know, people Mm -hmm. are, this really struck me. You should totally read it. And people are reading it. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I I do think that um, the sharing and just, yeah, the genuine interest in, just stopping talking and
1: just really listening is yes. pretty beautiful to mm-hmm. see kind of unfold. Totally. agree. Well, I mean, and also you guys are a huge part of that in telling stories of people who don't look like you, right? Or people who mm-hmm. maybe you might not come across every day and just being really genuine. And as you said, structuring people as people and as human beings and saying, like, this is one part of their story. Isn't it just like yours? That's huge. Yeah. It's so huge in, in just um, – love you yeah you know that, that's it that it. yeah so thank you guys it really is yeah it's,
2: I mean it's also so inspiring like Corey said talking to people women like you it's just I never thought I would be like in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> Do, doing a podcast yeah I, totally but it's just been such an amazing experience and I already feel just from talking to you I've learned like you both of you tonight I've learned so much so uh-huh. I think the education element kind of knows no bounds so hopefully it continues and like transcends other areas
3: that need Mm -hmm. more attention as well
1: yes yeah yes well
3: said yeah I think it's also just knowing there's not an end yeah you know like there's no end to any of this Mm -hmm. there's not just gonna be like okay now social media is back to normal and you can post whatever you want like the world has changed forever Mm -hmm. and I also think like maybe we needed things to be shooken up you know in terms of like not that anyone wants a pandemic but it's like you know, their pandemic hit and nature flourished and the ozone layer repaired itself and like glaciers are forming mm-hmm. and horrible things happened. But it was almost like, you know, it's starting this kind of revolution. Of, yes. uh, like pay attention. Like we are not. Wake things up. Are, things, yes. Yeah. Wake up. Like things are not in a good place in a lot of different aspects of the world. And it's like, you know, 2020 is definitely a year to remember. And although it would not be the, the exact route i would uh bring
2: bring a child (laughs) into the
3: new world um ideally but you know what i think it's gonna we're gonna look back on it and like really revere it in a way of like stop everyone stop what you're doing and stop running a mile a minute without thinking and like make educated decisions and pay attention and like yes i do feel like there's a silver lining to all of this although there's a lot of pain and hurt along the way you know hopefully
0: everyone can rise above it together Yes, totally. I said the other day that this year is both like the worst and the best year ever. The best. Yeah. That's
2: so well said, and it's so I, I keep saying ethical conundrum. It's like my head. Totally. Parents, my parents yeah. Because I, I feel so guilty when I see a silver lining, but yes. you know, I I don't know. It's just like because there's so much pain and suffering going on in a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, and we're in New York, like we're we're here. Yes. And it's it's very you know it's painful, it's emotional, it's intense, but. Like, you know, Corey was hinting to, you know, it's time to slow down. And I almost feel like because we were forced to slow down, people are forced to sit with their thoughts and Mm -hmm. put their energy towards shit they actually care about instead of being wrapped up in, not going to go down a capitalist rant, but getting wrapped (laughs) up in,
1: in, (laughs) in, like, things,
2: and, like, the stuff that we're kind of, like, conditioned to be wrapped up in. And, like, a lot of it is just the way it is. And it's our jobs as individuals and humans to, like, Evolve and live in, in that, in this world in a healthy way that works for us. And I just feel like there ha- there's something with the slowing down in a world that felt like it was going too fast mm-hmm. that is bringing a lot of very important topics to the forefront that should have been there a while ago. Yes. Yeah, yes,
1: yes. And to be honest with you, I don't know that there's. And all the people I speak to have their own privileges in different ways. As we said before, like, we're all in Brooklyn and New York doing fine, Mm -hmm. right? So, but every person I've spoken to has said the same thing. It's a terrible thing that's happened. And it's really terrible to say, like, to think of anything good with such tragedy. But we're humans. Mm -hmm. We're adaptable, if nothing else. I think we were talking about this the other day. And, like, if we didn't adapt, we wouldn't have survived this long. And so to look at the... I think that's kind of at this point the only way we really can look at it is like what are the good things that came from this? What can we learn, and how can we move forward? There's a balance. There's there's we gotta be. It's totally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally.
0: I have a question because I <laughs> because other than what you've told me today, I know nothing about design. When a company comes to you, like, do you ever design their entire like aesthetic, or do they usually come to you and they're like, I like these colors and this look? Because that's always been interesting to me. Yeah, it it really
2: depends the way that we approach, um, you know, a lot of agencies have like the standard rate card and they have kind of set structures of how they approach each project. We like to be very custom per project in terms of how we approach them. You know, we don't have like a standard rate or anything because to this, to this point, it's very different. You know, a client could come to us saying, I have no idea what I want. There's no starting point. Like I literally don't know okay, great. Now let's get started from square one. Or it's like, I love this color. I love this color. I like this about this. I like this letter H, but I don't like the rest of the word. So it's like, or it's, I love this font. I want this, but my version, this is the color palette I want. So it really ranges and it's fun. It shakes it up. It makes it interesting. It's also, you know, it's a it's a fun dialogue and back and forth between each client because we get to, you know, share our opinion be like, you know, this, this color palette is Beautiful, but it's also you know it's been used a lot, and like let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Maybe we can like push it a little bit further, or you know it keeps it fresh and interesting. But that's a great question because it really is so different every single time. So it's it's fun, and it's, every single time we have a conversation with a potential client, it's like a brand new conversation Corey and I have together because sounds mm-hmm. no one is like the other. So it's just it's interesting. A lot mm-hmm. of
1: psychology of kind of just like pull like we've done a couple of exercises with people, with like some marketing people. And it's always just like, they'll say, oh, so you like this and this. And I'm like, no, that's not what I like. And then they'll say, well, this is all on your feed. All <laughs> right. Like, oh, right. Well, <laughs> maybe this is what I am trying, you know, just like trying, telling people what they want, even when they don't know. Yeah. I imagine. No. And like,
2: sometimes people think they know what they want and they don't and yeah. vice versa. And like, that's a big is. responsibility saying, even at, on your own. Yeah. End. But like, in our own personal lives, sometimes I'm like, oh, I thought I loved that, but I actually hate it. It's a human yeah. condition, you know? You can mm-hmm. be putting something out there and being like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Right. Like. So right. it's like a, it is a fun psychological exercise, and that's like one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts. Is let, let let's break this down. Like, what like, what do you really like about this? Like, what are you really inspired by? Yeah, you don't like pink. I think you're really more towards purple, but you just post a lot of pink. So it's like oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just fun. Yeah, it mm-hmm.
1: sounds
0: super fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So we do these segments at the end of our episodes, and one of them is I didn't know then, but I'm older now. So do you have anything? Also, <laughs> pickles and
2: cucumbers
1: are
0: the same. No. You didn't know that pickles and cucumbers were the same. She did not. Dude, your th- mind
2: fucking blown.
1: Yes, let's talk about this. Oh, <laughs> this I, is like I was like, no, you're you're
2: you're fucking you're fucking with me. This Corey is told you. No you didn't know until Corey told you. It was like our Corey, staff, her husband, and. Yeah. Um, my partner Scott, and I'm like, no, 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 guys, stop it, stop, come on, stop. <laughs>
1: God, I would have loved to have been there. I love that, like, it lasted that long that it didn't make sense to you because it was so real that you didn't even think to ask anybody. It was just, like, everybody knows that, like, these are things, like, yeah. how did this come about in that you fairness, actually learned the truth? It's not
0: something you learn about in school, you know, so it's, but like, But I was maybe also like, school. how does everyone know except me? <laughs> The first
3: thing that came to mind that I wasn't going to say this was last year, so I can't even say that it was like, oh, I was dumb in college. I was walking in our neighborhood in Ridgewood. I think I was going to like, I don't even know, running errands or like just going to yoga or something. And this like very large, very <laughs> muscular man, like a huge bodybuilder man came up to me and he was like, so I have a bet with my friend. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know. I think I was just in like a goofy mood that day. I'm like, sure. What, what's up? You know, like what's the deal? And he's like, he bet me lunch that I couldn't get a stranger to stand on me. And I was like, uh, okay. He's like, you'd be really doing me a solid if you could just stand on me for like one second. We could, and it's, and then, and then we'll just go our separate ways. And I was like. So like in what way? Like he was like I'm just going to lay down on the sidewalk on the, and and you just have to stand on me for like 1 second. And I was like uh for whatever reason I said uh, okay. And he said and then I said should I take my shoes off? And he was like <laughs> He was like if you want. And I was like where is this going? Okay, I feel like I should take I think I take my shoes off, so I stood, from, stood on this stranger, this giant muscular karate man. He's like on the street, um, like on the sidewalk. Like He laid down on the it, sidewalk in front of in front of like this MMA studio that's near our house. Oh my god! And I was like, okay, and then I'm like, this is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're just gonna take a quick picture to show <laughs> some proof. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, it just keeps getting weird. Yes! weirder and weirder and then so I'm like okay we're done here we're done here and I like go down go off of my way and he was like thanks so much like now I get lunch for free and I was just like that's oh. one of the weirdest things I've ever agreed to ever like I don't know why I said yes I just stood on a stranger's chest for the chest. story
0: that, oh, oh we... I was
3: imagining wait there
1: wasn't even anything weird wait you I stood was on his imagining...
0: head no, no, no his chest. on his, oh, his chest, chest. I was imagining with Katie... my bare feet like, were you wearing were a doing? dress no. There I, wasn't even any creep moment. I okay. was imagining you should- No, it was just stands on
3: my chest. It was I was
0: imagining that he was laying on his stomach so that you were standing <laughs> on his back. The fact that you were laying on his chest makes it weirder for some reason. No, I was standing on his actual giant pec muscles. This is so weird. Like,
3: wobbling. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, is that a weird, like, <laughs> thing? If- like, I'm like, <laughs> it's like- so standing on your desk, like is that a fetish I definitely, guess
0: so. it must be definitely we need to Dude, you could google it this. but it might traumatize you I'll google like, it later I'm, I still don't understand I, it I like, have not go- so I have not googled weird. it I have I let it go there's I just, a
3: fetish I put it away. is, is <laughs> it weird that that makes me miss New York <laughs> but it was it was one of those New York moments where I was like just another Tuesday you <laughs> know like Yes. I sat on some guys' chest on the way to yoga. Like, so strange. And then I got home and told Kirsten, and I told my husband, and he's like, are you kidding? I was like, no, I wish I was, but I I actually...
0: It on this stranger's chest, yes. My husband would be appalled this if is, I like, no. came home because he's oh, he thinks like every man. Oh yeah, is just like a weirdo. It's like creeper. a creeper. Yes, I know. You know? Yeah, I it's their job. It's <laughs> their job. Warn <But laughs> like... us about the creep.
3: And like yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, why would I have ever done that? But he was just so earnest. Yes, you know. <laughs> <was just> <laughs>
1: Oh well, New York's insane. I oh do miss this. This was so great. I don't even know what the takeaway was. I need to look more into the chest fetish. This is hilarious and so fucking weird. Yes. Oh my god, I'm gonna
3: actually I, for the first time I'm gonna Google it because I feel like I've been living a lie. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where you don't realize how bizarre it is until you say it out loud. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was. Oh no. What was I <gasps> It's called trampling. It's called trampling. Hold the phone. (laughs) No. Trampling. It's called trampling by (gasps) being trampled (laughs) underfoot by another person. A common... Subgenre of trampling pornography. Oh, wow! Oh no! Do you, there, there's some. There's some NSSW ones. It's for a sure. It's a submissive. It's like yes. you're pinning him down. Oh my god! And Corey, in these Google images, they're mainly focusing on the chest area. Oh, no. <laughs> the tr- no! You guys, I'm, I'm a, of the obvious. Oh no! I'm a trampler. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had Don't no idea. Oh my goodness!
2: You're about to be a mother,
3: Corey. How, <laughs> how can you? How can you live with yourself? Now I know. Oh my god! It's a
1: whole world. It's a whole world. There's wow. heels. I'm gonna dive deep
0: later and take a look at this. Oh
1: my, my god! Okay, now oh my we can. God. Now we can say I didn't know then, but I'm older now. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't know last year, no, but official.
2: this year. Also, like, if anyone's like people that are listening, like, own your fetish. Oh
1: my
3: just, god. Just, just
1: oh, trample so at incredible. home,
2: not with, not with
0: strangers. <laughs> Oh, thank you you for sharing.
1: Trample with with friends. Trample with friends.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing. You ladies did a great job with your. I didn't know then, but I'm older now. Those were fantastic.
1: You guys, best yet for sure, wow. <laughs> for sure. Really good, glad. Oh, really glad we
3: could share. Thank you guys
1: for everything.
3: This is so lovely. Yes, thank you, you so
1: much. Thank you. Running. Thank you for laughing with us, for teaching us. Thank you for everything. You guys are awesome. Um, I
0: learned a lot. Yeah.
2: I will say though that this podcast like interview felt like the most, the closest thing to like a fun hang that I've oh, had yeah. in a very long time. I know. Yes. yes. I'm very grateful that I just
3: think you guys are doing something really special, and you definitely yeah. need my night, week, month. So, oh, yeah. thank you guys! Oh, yeah. you guys are the best. You, really you like you. Brought me so much energy. Me like, too. I feel like I'm like all excited about I don't know yeah. what. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's life, life like, hunting, right? And people, yeah. I need it.
1: No, we need it. It's yeah, what we're trying to do. We're just like, let's come together and remember know. that we love each other and laugh and just like have a cool girls' time. Like, ah, oh, God, thank you guys.
0: I hope that you all enjoyed this. What did you think? Are these ladies not the best? We had some good laughs, but also they told a great story. Um, I love that they met because Corey hired Kirsten and saw a bit of herself wearing that suit that day. (laughs) (laughs) Also, is it weird that I've never worn a suit to an interview? Like, am I a Heathen? No, as we all laughed about, who wears a suit to
1: an interview? But it seems like all of you have, and I haven't. I mean, that's fair enough. You don't need to. You really, you're not missing
0: out. But like, I feel like I need to go out and buy a skirt suit. You can get me. <laughs> like, just no, in I case, I can't
1: think of a single skirt suit that would even. Don't do
0: it. I feel like I just look like a fifty year old. I mean, you can do it if you want. I'll help um, you. Huh? I feel like I should have one. Just like every lady probably has a skirt suit. Uh, I don't know. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were so fun. But also, on a more serious note, I just have a lot of respect for them for starting their own thing. It's not easy to get out of your comfort zone. Also, to get out of your comfort zone and then start your own company. Yes. Without even kind of realizing, like what you've said a million times yeah, over, like I love if it. I knew how much work this was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it. I feel like most people can say that. Mm-hmm. But damn.
1: Yeah, well, I think that these girls were so incredible because I knew their work, but I really didn't realize how involved they were in really shaping online marketing as we know it and just being able yeah. to like test with vogue.com because like, they're so chill about it they're so chill about it and they're just like yeah we've kind of just you know created content marketing
0: and <laughs> <laughs> what our
1: they're minds so... are blown
0: and they're just like thank you guys so much for I having know. us onto your podcast they're You're incredible
1: it's the other way around here honestly you were the only they knew honestly they're so incredible, and they're doing so much for the culture, for all of us. Honestly, yes, just without stating up. it, you know, yes, like without stating totally. that that's what they're
0: doing, you can tell it's their mission, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yes, they don't need to shout it from the rooftops; like the work shows it.
1: Yeah, and we need more people like that. Like I know that I mentioned it in
0: the interview, the um, stat
1: from the Forbes article that point. Okay, let me just read this article to you Yes, guys. I'm just gonna pull. The, I pulled a little quote, and it's absolutely absurd, but I think it's important to just talk about because. As we were saying, this is really what shapes the culture that we know it. This is, these are the people that are creating the advertisements that we look at where we want to see ourselves reflected. So from a 2019 Forbes article titled, Why We Need More Female-Led Creative Agencies and How to Build Them, it says, quote, today's statistics are mind-blowing. For example, 70% of graphic design students at Central Saint Martins are women, while only 30% of the curriculum features female designers. The professional design landscape is even more shockingly asymmetric, as only 0.1% of creative agencies are founded by women. Fucking nuts. The number of agencies with female creative directors, only about 3%, also constitutes an abysmal minority. Considering that Americans are exposed to potentially thousands of advertisements every day, and that women drive 70 to 80% of consumer purchases, male-dominant creative agencies are missing a huge opportunity. Like, y'all,
0: yeah,
1: we are in control, but, like, we aren't in control, and that's fucked up because just like so many of these, you know, companies, like, we were talking about Gillette with last episode with mm-hmm. Blue The People, it's these things that are created by men for us, and then they tell us to buy it, but, like, we have all the money. We should, we should just have, we should more, have control. more control. We should have way more control. Kirsten and Corey, these bad bitches are just doing it and didn't even realize the stats. They're just out there doing it. I know, I know.
0: They weren't like, we need to do this because there's a hole in this industry. Mm -hmm. They just knew that they could because they are great and obviously really hard workers. Yes, and geniuses. And geniuses. And also girls,
1: ladies, everybody, 70% of graphic design students at the top design college in the world are women. 70%. That's like... Y'all, you guys are out there. Do some shit. Like, take over this industry. It is... At least get to 1%. At At least least. 0.1%. What the fuck is that? I mean, it's nice. all of us. We all need to take over all of our industries, honestly, because it's bullshit. Yeah. We're so powerful. and no, It's
0: true. Even in our industry, like, yes, it's mostly females, but the owners aren't always. Yeah, Sometimes absolutely. Sometimes they're just random-ass male investors who know nothing, mm-hmm. just want to make a buck.
1: Preach. She knows what she's talking about right now. Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess
1: just, girls, we are so powerful, and we are so creative, and we... We can, we can run the world Everything. we can yes, do it yes yes we really can so please just like believe in yourselves and do that shit look at these girls who said we just wanted to work together and we realized that if we're gonna freelance together I guess that means that we have a company and they never looked back
0: boom boom
1: bad bitches
0: <laughs> seriously um, if you'd like to learn more about Dearest Creative you can visit their website at dearestcreative.co c-o, C-O. Or check them out on Instagram, at Dearest Creative. And if you like our show, don't be fucking stingy. Share it with your friends. Yeah, be a good friend. They, Your friends want to hear us. Right? They need a smile. A little inspiration. A little bit. Yep. Also, it's okay to leave a five-star review. We won't mind at all. No, not at all. I won't
1: tell anybody. And guys, you can check us out at True Beauty Brooklyn or at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or Insta- on Instagram. Or you can visit us on our website, truebeautybrooklynpodcast.com. You can check out our Patreon and consider joining. It's just $1 a month. And for that $1, you guys get um, a 30-minute virtual skincare consultation. You can hang with us. It isn't IRL. It's via Zoom.
0: But um, still fun. Still
1: really fun. And there's so much value in the virtual consultations. And we really do it just because we love what we do and we love talking to you guys and helping you fix your skin and um we would just love to chat with you so check that out if you'd like otherwise
0: we'll see y'all asses next week see you next time Bye. Bye. bye